Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Finnovate podcast. We are closing out our 2023 with our final podcast episode of the year. And joining me today, we have Barry Kirby and Dave Berger of Union Credit, who actually won the Best Emerging Technology Award at this year's Finnovate Awards. Barry, Dave, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks for having us, Greg. Happy to be here. Excellent. So to kick things off, um, let's just go ahead and jump right in. Give us a little bit of background on Union Credit. Uh, So this is Barry. I'll take that one to start with. Um, So Union Credit is really kind of a continuation of um, the journey that Dave and I were on together at uh, the previous company, which was QNexus. That was all about deepening the existing relationship that credit unions had with their existing members. Um, and so Union Credit really is kind of the second uh, phase of that journey, which is now that we're able to keep those members in-house, how do we help credit unions to attract uh, net new membership? Um, one of the big challenges right now in the space is uh, large uh, financial fintechs are dominating the consumers as far as their selections. And so we're trying to now educate consumers that there are other options out there available to them. And they're called these local financial institutions and they provide highly equitable offers. And so we're connecting those populations with these community FIs uh, via these digital applications that they're using on their phones uh, already today on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, well, and clearly you, you're both passionate about the ability of credit unions specifically to positively impact people's lives. Um, Dave, I apologize. I cut you off as you were saying hi. Let me give this question over to you. Um, how how did that become a focus area for you? Why did you decide credit unions were an area that you really wanted to target? Yeah, uh, thanks, Greg. So I got my, my career started in the credit union space about 24 years ago. Um, took a job, uh, kind of a low-level marketing job, entry-level at a local credit union. And I didn't really know anything about credit unions at that at that time. I knew my parents belonged to one. I think we got some discount tickets to a local theme park, but that was about the extent of my knowledge. I really didn't, didn't know about the products and services that they offered. But as I got, got into the weeds and started learning about this organization that I was working for, I really started to understand the value that credit unions provide to their members and to their local communities. Um, the idea that of a financial cooperative returning uh, value to their members uh, in the in the form of higher uh, rates on savings products and lower rates on uh, a wide array of consumer lending products, and uh, and I think that really um, interested me early on and and uh, turned my my whole focus uh, from my first company Connexus um, toward helping that the credit union industry. Um, gain more mass appeal with, especially within emerging consumer segments. First off, I just want to say how amazing it is that you still remember those theme park tickets that you got courtesy of your credit union, your parents' credit union back in the day. I think this is just a really good reminder. Those types of moments can have a really long lasting impression. 
Um, so I, I think that's worth highlighting for sure. But I want to talk about kind of the the tech side of things because you know, uh, looking at your experience with QNexus, with where you are now, um, why do you feel like credit unions are the right kind of financial institutions for fintech innovators like yourselves? How how are they really more attractive to people who are building and creating new technologies? Well, you know, Barry and I strongly believe that credit unions are really the best kept secret in banking and financial services. Um, being that they are able to provide this you know, wide array of, of uh, products and services to their membership uh, and the fact that they're locally focused and uh, really provide strong value, not only in the products they provide, but in the levels of service they provide and their ability to give back to the communities that they serve. Uh, we do feel strongly uh, about that industry and, and bringing it out to the um, to the world. The, the issues that we're having these days is that, as Barry mentioned earlier, um, the competition for emerging uh, populations, you know, the younger, the younger members is, um, is, is really tough for a, a local financial institution to compete. Um, the marketing spend that these, these large banks and, uh, and fintechs have to acquire new customers um, just can't be matched by by the local institution, I, you know, Barry has some statistics about um, the 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 amount of um, total budget spent on marketing and, and customer acquisition by some of the very large fintechs versus some of those banks. And you'd be very very surprised um, to learn, you know, that how much money is being spent on acquiring those those audiences. So, you know, our our whole mission here is to make sure that we're getting the best products and services available in front of these these young consumers, so that we can set them up for financial success for the rest of their lives, and and help them understand that they can build a relationship with these institutions that really have you know great products and services to, to offer them. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Barry, go ahead. Yeah, and to add into that, I mean, today's point around some of the stats, I mean, so some of the largest fintech lenders today are spending roughly 51 cents of every dollar they bring in to acquire their next customer. The average community financial institution, credit union, or local bank is spending roughly 10% of their operational budget on their next customer. So just, just in line right there, I mean, there's they're in two different ballparks on their ability to spend. Now, granted, that fintech lenders' rates um, are being covered with that spend, but that really kind of goes against the grain of what credit unions believe in, which is to offer uh, better equitable products to those local communities. Um, from a, why do I think they're better to partner with? I, I think credit unions um, have a, a, do have a mindset that they do take appreciation and knowledge of that, you know, these fintechs like ourselves, like Union Credit, we're not out there trying to call on the top 10 banks. We want to help these institutions. They tend to be more forgiving and more lenient and more uh, partner-centric focused because they do understand that we're tackling a big problem, a big challenge, and that is uh, we want to expose the consumer segment to more than just the top uh, lenders who are too big to fail that have the budgets to spend. We want to help provide the continued network and framework of community financial institutions, which provide most a lot of jobs in a lot of these communities, as well as support to those to those communities as well. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think one of the things that we're seeing from our side at Finnovate is how passionate some of those communities are about going out and finding new technological solutions. We ran at Finnovate Fall this year, a segment that was really aimed at credit unions, specifically bringing in some of our demoing companies who were focused on that demographic. And they had a very good session. They were able to chat with each other, talk best practices. And so it's something we'll absolutely be doing again. But um, the energy in the, in the room was really exciting. And I think a lot of our innovators found it to be a really good conversation as well. So um, I, I mentioned this as an, an act of shameless self-promotion to some extent, but if you are a credit union employee listening to this and thinking, where can I find some people who are going through this, who are, are looking for the same types of things that I can, Finnovate is absolutely uh, making a big effort to bring in that type of content for you. Um, I'd like to switch gears a little bit and talk specifically about the technology itself behind union credit. Union credit, And I think the, the first piece that I really want to dive into is this concept of perpetual pre-approval that you've put together. Dave, can you uh, kind of run us through what exactly that is and how it works? Yeah, you know, really at, at the, to boil it down to the basics, it's, it's using available data to eliminate the loan application entirely for the credit worthy. That's something that we realized early on and something that our previous company, Cunexus, was built on this concept of perpetual approval. And that is, yeah, uh, all of the information um, necessary to make a responsible loan decision um, on, on an individual is out there, right? If, if somebody, me, for instance, you know, I know I have a pretty good credit score and I know I can, I can apply anywhere uh, and probably be approved for a loan. Um, and, and that being the case, you know, if I'm an institution or if I'm a, a, a tech company or anybody who has existing customers or users and they have certain information about those users, that can be used to eliminate the loan application and, and get to a very uh, transparent experience of providing an exactly um, at any time uh, information that says, here's how much you have available to, to borrow today um, and at what rate. And and this is what your payment will look like if you if you accept these funds, um, 100% firm offers of credit, no loan application, no decisioning process, no no stress or anxiety waiting to know if you'll be approved. You're you're always approved. And uh, and what Union Credit's doing is it's taking this concept of pre uh, perpetual pre approval for the very you know for the highly credit worthy. These are the folks who have demonstrated responsible use of credit um, over a period of time. Um, and they've earned this this uh, this capability, and then we we can broadcast those firm offer approvals across any number of communication points. Um, we embed them into existing marketplaces. We embed them into mobile apps um, that people have on their phones. But um, that's really the idea: is is getting a very transparent firm offer of credit in front of an individual and giving them the ability to activate that loan um, in just a matter of seconds. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And it's, again, easy to see why it resonated with our judges who were grading everything for the Finnovate Awards this year. Um, Barry, I'd like to come to you. And obviously, there's a limit to how deep we can get into this. But what's happening on the back end from a technological standpoint to make all of that possible? So what... Really, the the piece that we've incorporated. So, first of all, there's there is no other uh, marketplace that exists that offers firm pre-approvals of credit. The other marketplaces are this uh, soft pre-qual experience where a consumer needs to be in this act of seeking credit. 
and needs to give up information. So that's first and foremost, which Dave touched on, which is ultimate transparency. And there is no anxiety of, am I going to be approved or not? If you see it, you're already approved. So then the, the kind of the next piece to your question is what's on the back end is so that's that's one portion of it. That's really kind of the output of it. The next thing is how do we now connect audiences to that type of luxury, that type of feature? So what we have done, which is pretty unique in this is most consumers, if you pull out your iPhone or your Android phone, you have apps on your phone. You recognize those apps, um, those national brands. So what we are doing is we are embedding our products within those national brands. Um, so that um, starts to allow us to reach these digital audiences that we otherwise wouldn't have known. And they may not know the credit union that's local in their town, but what they do trust is the app that they use on their phone. And so we are embedding this service, this technology within those apps. We're giving those national brands the ability to monetize and generate revenue from their user base. And this also provides our local communities and our credit unions with a direct access point to a digital community that otherwise they never would have had access to in the first place. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the concept of kind of this soft, you know, pre-approval, you're pre-qualified for this type of offer. Um, Jim Maroos used to come on our stage and say, if you have online account opening that requires me to go into a branch to submit paperwork at some point, that is not actually online account opening. And I think there's something similar happening here with credit. If I am pre-approved for a credit offer and I have to still give you my social, still give you my background information, go through an application process to get access to the credit in which I am theoretically pre-approved for, I'm not actually pre-approved. That is not actually an accurate statement. And I think this is a really important piece to be thinking about here. And whatever you call it, it the, the consumer experience is what really matters here. And we've all had offers. You're pre-approved for this credit card. All we need for you to do is fill out a credit application and then you can have it. What are we really talking about here? Anyway, this is a, um, a, little, a little soapbox detour for me, but it's something which I think really does matter when you think about what your customers are going through. And, and this kind of leads to my next question, which is, you know, th this all makes a ton of sense. We have all of this information. Why haven't finan financial institutions been able to offer this kind of user experience before now? What's been preventing them from being able to do it? And, and Barry, I'll stick with you on this one. So I, it's a great question. I mean, we we saw this at QNexus, um, and I think what it comes down to is. You know, when you when you just look at this from the perspective, the lens of a consumer. So, if you just take a, a credit union or a community bank, we we from a, an executive standpoint, working within the credit union and the bank, we think with the banker brain on. So, the banker brain says, "Oh, this should be normal. They should expect to give us their date of birth and their social and how much they make, and and also these fifteen additional questions." The difference is. Uh, you could, I mean, I could buy a mini house right now on Amazon and they're not going to ask me anything. And <laughs> we are using our banker brain to say, of course, they'll, they'll, that's no big deal. I mean, it's it comes down to this notion, Greg, of, and, and when we're giving a loan to somebody, we are selling a product. The loan is what we're selling. And we're asking the consumer to do a bunch of work beforehand to buy the product we're going to sell them to be told most of the time you can't have what we're selling. Um, so your point of why are they doing it now? I don't know. It's a great question. What we're doing here at Union Credit, and which is the reasoning for the name, is we are unionizing in a, in a philosophical way a group of community financial institutions together to offer a superior service to a consumer population that doesn't 
isn't aware of who they are. So when we put all these institutions together, we're just as large as some of these very, very large banks. And with those cooperating together, we have the ability to move the needle from there and start educating consumers that there are other options except the five that you see in Google at the very top of the page. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's, you know, where we, part of the reason why we were able to do this and they haven't been able to do it before is the economies of scale that we offer through through aggregating a large lender network of smaller institutions that wouldn't normally be able to compete on a national stage. Um, the, 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 the place where people are, places where people are getting loans these days are through nationally distributed, you know, applications and, and online experiences. Um, so to localize that is very difficult. We provide that to those you know, existing marketplaces as well as to the lenders. We bring a group of lenders that can provide better products to, um, you know, a national stage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just, again, pointing out what's possible when you start to think about all the different tech tools that we have at our disposal now. Um, and, and I think this is a really good example of what you can do when you start really thinking about what is actually possible. So uh, we're coming up on the end of our time here. And uh, just the minute that we have left, um, I'd like to get your sense. Uh, obviously, it's still early days for you as the award best emerging technology would indicate. Um, there's still a lot to come. So I'd like to get a really quick synapse from you of uh, what you think the the future holds for Union Credit over the next three to five years. Um, Dave, I'll, I'll start with you and then Barry will give you a chance as well. You know, our, our vision, we're, we're, um, we're definitely executing on our vision already. Um, but there's the two, two parts to that. One is uh, today our lenders are able to uh, provide their offers within what we call um, offers of a, as a service to existing marketplaces. We're embedded, our offers are embedded within many of the leading um, lending marketplaces uh, without naming names. Think about you know those those companies who are out there providing loan offers from various lenders. Um, so we're we're already pow powering many of those and getting great success through that. I think the next um, thing that we have our our eyes set on is uh, the idea of pure embedded lending. Think of what buy now, pay later does for Pelotons and e-bikes and things like that, small dollar purchases, um, but financing that you can get at the the e-commerce e point of sale. We're looking at providing all sorts of loan types, you know, credit cards, personal loans, auto loans, home equity, home improvement, all these different types of loans are available through our platform. So embedding specific offer types within um, the the types of places where people are actually purchasing these items and allowing them to finance those with um, with great loan options from local lenders. That's that's the big vision, and that's what we'll be focusing on into the next year and beyond. Excellent, Barry. How about yourself? Yeah, for me, um, I and mean, obviously, it's I'm aligned with Dave on this one. But one of the things that I'm really starting to kind of pick um, pick into is right now the average. Credit union member nationally, the average member is 54 years of age, while the average U.S. consumer is 37. Um, traditionally, from a credit union perspective and bank perspective, we have always built products, taken auto loan. We've built products based on the existing demographic of our customers and our members, and those demographics are aging out. 
And so one of the concepts I'm really excited and interested to see how it flushes out is we are seeing what these younger consumers want to see. We see that they're trending this way. They want this thing. And ultimately, like the best compliment I could ever receive is being able to have a credit union go in there and say, I want a 28-year-old who just is looking to buy a home, just got their first really killer jobs, getting married soon. Then be able to basically go in there and put the demographic type of person they want and us return back to them and say, listen, this is the type of product that consumers asking for. And we can tell you that because they're in our world, because right now credit unions and banks don't have the ability to generate that type of data because the customers they're serving have already gone past that type of uh, life cycle within their, their system. So um, really helping credit unions to, to start evolving based upon this next generation of consumer that's coming through. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly you're off to a great start. Winning that award is hopefully a really solid feather in your cap. Congratulations again. Um, for my part, I mentioned this at the beginning. This will be our last podcast episode of the year. We're going to be taking our holiday break. Um, so I would like to wish everybody here a happy and productive year end. Uh, make sure you hit like, hit subscribe, give us a five-star review. We'll be releasing new episodes again starting in January. Stay tuned for that. Um, in the meantime, thanks again to Barry and Dave for joining me. Congratulations again on the award, and thanks for rounding out our 2023 podcast series in style. Thank you for watching, Greg. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening.